Steve and Judah are away in Rotorua. They are speaking at our Elam Church down there. So keep them in your prayers. They're driving back up tonight to come and be back with us for our um, Leadership College graduation, which is very exciting. All of our interns are going to graduate tonight, which is fantastic. Frosty will tell you all about that a little later on. And so I'm continuing our series, Manger to Majesty. And uh, Christmas is my favorite time of year. I absolutely love Christmas. I grew all in with Christmas. And so uh, this is one of the best times, I believe, in our calendar. And so it's very exciting for me. And so I'm really happy to be preaching this morning and bringing a word today. So I'm going to start. You can grab out your notes there. And the scriptures that I'm reading from today are there. So you can follow along with me. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, we're starting at. For, the, for a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. Come on, let's pray before we get into it. Father, I thank you, Lord that your Holy Spirit is already in this place doing a work in us. And I just thank you, Lord, that you're softening our hearts and preparing the soil of our heart to hear and receive your word today. God, I pray that we would understand, we would not just hear the words today, but that we would understand what it means for us. Lord, what does it mean for me, the word that is being spoken today? Father, I pray we'd each be able to pick it up and take it and practically apply it into our own lives so that it's not just something that we hear and do on a Sunday morning, but it's something that can change and transform us for the rest of the week as well. And we just ask for your presence to be in this place. Would you speak through me, Lord? In Jesus' name, amen. Manger to majesty. Uh, This word in Isaiah is a prophetic word given thousands of years before the birth of Jesus, before the coming king, before a king would be born unto us, as it says. It was a promise in this instance to King David that his son, a descendant of his, would sit on an eternal throne. We can read about it more specifically in First Chronicles chapter 17, where it says, Furthermore, I declare that the Lord will build a house for you, a dynasty for kings. For when you die, he's talking to King David, when you die and join your ancestors, I will raise up one of your descendants, one of your sons, and I will make his kingdom strong. He is the one who will build a house, a temple for me, and I will secure his throne forever. I will be his father and he will be my son. I will never take my favor from him as I took it from the one who ruled before you. I will confirm him as king over my house and my kingdom for all time and his throne will be secure forever. Now this is a promise made to David that no doubt he attributed to his son Solomon who indeed did take the throne after David. And he did, in fact, build a house for God. He did, in fact, build a beautiful temple. And he did rule on King David's throne for years and years. But what we know now, sitting thousands of years on, is that this prophetic word, this word given to David, this promise given to him, was not just about his 
son that was about to be king, King Solomon, but this word was actually pointing to King Jesus. A king we didn't know we needed, a king they didn't know they needed, but a king nonetheless who would come as king of kings, lord of lords, and establish an eternal throne from manger to majesty. Or the throne looks good, doesn't it? It's all fancy. It's got its like nice velvet. I'm just gonna pretend that's velvet, red. It's nice, it's a cushy. The throne's comfortable. I can't touch the ground, but. <laughs> but guys, let me tell you, it's nice to sit on a throne. Like the throne has perks. The throne, it looks, there's a sense of ease that goes with a throne. The throne, it, it, it looks good, it feels good. Wow, the majesty. Sounds pretty good, right? And then there's the manger. Well, the manger's small. How is this too small? Like, it, it doesn't look very comfortable and it doesn't look very significant, especially when you compare it to the significance of the throne, right? See, the throne for you and I could be anything. It could be the dream. This is the, the prophetic word. This is the miracle we've been waiting for. This is the long-awaited calling. This is like the end chapter. This is where your, your, your prayers are heading toward. The throne is like the end result. It's the greener grass. The throne is what we're all believing and expecting from God. The manger, well, that's where we start. This is the beginning. This is chapter one. This is page one of the book of our life, of the journey of our life from manger to majesty. And Jesus came to a manger. He came in the most unexpected way. His journey to the throne started where most of us probably wouldn't have made it start. You know, like I, I think he would have come in a completely unexpected way to those who were waiting on him. And, and I don't know if you think like me, but I feel like I would not have planned him to come that way. Like if I was coming as king or queen, as it might be, if I was coming as queen or king, I would have made it look quite different. Like if I was in charge of planning, and I can be a good party planner, if I was in charge of planning the first Christmas night, I would have made it much grander. I would, there would have been trumpets, there would have been a parade, there would have been bouncy castles and fireworks, there would have been lights, there would have been music, there would have been curtains and action. Like I would have done it different. If it was me, and, and if I was coming, if I had to come, like if God said, no, you've got to come as a baby. There's, you can do whatever you like, but you've got to come as, I would not have picked to come as a baby in a manger to a stable. I would have gone for a royal family. Like I would have picked a palace, right? I would have picked somewhere comfortable and easy, somewhere that looked good. See, most of us, if you're anything like me, we want the majesty, but we don't want the manger. See, we often, we wanna skip this step. We wanna go straight there. We wanna skip the mess. We wanna skip the animals. We wanna skip the hay. We wanna skip the discomfort. 
and maybe some of the hard work and maybe some of the pain and we want to go straight to that moment where we're sitting on the throne with the perks, right? See, we put our two boys into athletics. Judah's eight, Rocky's five and Judah, he's real good at athletics. He, in fact, won a gold and a silver in the Auckland Relay Champs yesterday. Like, this boy can run. And uh, Rocky, on the other hand, well, he's just kind of still figuring out who he is and, you know, he's his own little man. And so at the end of his age group, athletics, um, at the end, of, they call them the big kids. At the end of his big kids, uh, they have this, this run that they do. They call it the big run. Um, and they have to run around the top of the, um, you know, the athletic track down at Pakarang Athletics. And they have to run at the top. And it's quite a big run. For the little ones, it's quite a big run. And then they get back and they get a lolly or a lollipop or a, or a sweet. And Rocky, I'm always like, Rocky, you're going to do the big run today? He's like, nah, but I'm going to get the lolly. <laughs> I'm like, no, I don't think you understand you can't get the lolly if you don't do the run. And there's tears and there's meltdowns and he's just not comprehending. See, he wants the reward without the work. He wants the prize without the price. He wants the manger without the mad, he wants, sorry, he wants the, <laughs> it loses its effect, doesn't it, when I mess it up like that. <laughs> he wants the majesty without the manger. And I think sometimes you and I can be a little bit the same. See, I don't, I don't know what the throne for you might be, the, the calling, the, the, the prophetic word, the dream that you've got in your heart, the answer to prayer, the miracle that you're waiting for. I don't know what it is, but I feel like many, many times you and I, what we do is we give up somewhere around here, somewhere between manger and majesty. And that's what I wanna to talk to you about today. I wanna to talk to you about those seasons. I wanna to talk to you about the bit in between. I wanna to talk to you about the on the way. I wanna to talk to you about the waiting season or the hard work season. Or, or, or I wanna to talk to you about the middle of the miracle. The middle of the miracle. And so what, what is it that we need to know about the in-between? I've titled this message, Between Manger and Majesty. What is it that we need to know about the in-between? Number one, the first thing you need to know is that big things start small. Big things, they start small. Jesus came, I always feel like because I'm on stage, I have to look like I'm carrying this thing properly, all right? I feel like it's always awkward when someone just picks it up like this, you know? We've gotta do it right. Jesus came as a baby, a baby, King of kings, Lord of lords, Saviour to the whole world, the great I am, a baby. Like talk about an underwhelming entrance, you know, like no grandeur, no fanfare, just a teeny tiny baby born to a couple of nobodies. I kind of feel like the people around him must have need, they might have needed a whole lot of vision and a whole lot of faith to believe that he could go from here to there, right? But Zechariah chapter four says, do not despise these small beginnings for the Lord rejoices 
to see the work begin, to see the work begin. And I love that in Scripture. We see all throughout that principle play out, that these moments where a small beginning or even a moment of disillusionment where we think, how, God, are you going to create that from that? These moments where it just seems so way, the reality of what's going on in the person's life seems way far off from what you know they are called to. See, take Joseph, for example. He had to go through the pit and the prison before he landed in the palace. And, And then Moses, well, Moses started as a stutterer and a murderer, but sure enough, he became God's mouthpiece and leader, bringing the Israelites out of the most significant season in their journey We've got Gideon, who God found hiding in a wine press, but God called him to be a mighty warrior. And then we've got David, who spent years in the field before he slayed giants, won won wars and led armies and ruled kingdoms. Like God is a God who takes small things and causes something big to come out of them. The very foundation and the beginnings of this church and who we are and what we've become today started with a $10 note and a handful of people who somehow knew that big things start small. So let me ask you this. What is it in your life that you have prematurely dismissed because you couldn't get beyond the manger? Because you couldn't get beyond the manger. You ever seen these these toys that you can get that my boys like getting, which I try and avoid. You know there's those messy toys that just create mess. You try and avoid them at all costs. Slime, avoid it like the plague. Don't let that stuff into your house. It's from the devil. <laughs> this one is not as bad, but this is, it's this egg, right? You get an egg, and it just looks like a little egg, but inside there's like a tiny little dinosaur, and you have to put, the instructions tell you to put the egg in a big bowl of water, and then you leave it there on your bench looking ugly, You leave this bowl of water with this egg in there and the water causes the little dinosaur inside to begin growing. And this thing, it's real. This thing grows and grows and grows until it becomes so big that it bursts out of the egg. The egg can no longer contain it because it's so big. And after a few days, you come in in the morning, you look and you're like, wow, there's a dinosaur inside the bowl. Over time, Something that started small became bigger than you ever thought it would. See, I kind of think that the very thing we need in order to see it through that small things would become big is often the very thing that we're too impatient to give it. Time. Don't give up in the in-between. Don't give up in the in-between because it seems too small to become that big. Don't give up in the in-between. Know that big things start small. Number two, number two, build strength to carry what's coming. Build strength to carry that what's coming. I cannot emphasize this point enough because I think it's so incredibly important. And I think it's something that we often get wrong, unfortunately. I love how Proverbs 31 puts it where it says, she equips herself with strength. She equips herself with strength, spiritual, mental, and physical fitness for her God-given task and makes her arms strong. 
What is it saying? It's saying we are actually able to equip ourselves physically, mentally, spiritually with all that God is going to give us to carry. We are able to build some strength that we don't yet have to carry something that God is calling us to carry. There is a lot that a king has to carry that is heavier than we think it is. My head's too big, this is built for a child. There is a crown in in the Bible that I think David takes from another king. Do you know how much it's said to weigh? A talent of gold, do you know how much that is? It's like 35 kg. Wow, I know, that's like the weight of a child sitting right there on your head. When you have to carry something that heavy, you need to build strength for it. When you have to carry something that weighty, you have got to know that you have got the strength to carry it. See, what we forget about the crown is that with the crown, that comes authority. And with authority, there comes responsibility. And if we have not equipped ourselves and prepared ourselves to carry the weight that goes along with the responsibility, it becomes very heavy. Luke 12 says, when, something has been, when someone has been given much, much will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more is required. I can remember sitting on a plane on the way to New York And uh, we were on our way to New York. We were going to visit some friends. And um, we were not just going to visit friends. We were also going to... to speak at a church over there. And you know, Steve and I have um, had many, many prophecies over the years about international ministry, about speaking in churches and places all o- overseas. And I-, I would say that probably 90% of the prophetic words of the people that pe- things that people speak over our lives is about international ministry. So you, you're only human if you think to yourself every now and then, how on earth and when is this actually going to happen? And so here I am sitting on a plane on the way to New York City to preach. And all of a sudden, I freak out. And I begin to feel very underprepared. And I ask myself the question, do I really want this? Is this really a, you know, do, is this really a thing that I want? And I just have felt the voice of God challenge me and say this, see, if I gave it all to you now, would you even be ready? Whoa. See, what I learned And that is that our waiting season in the in-between is less like the waiting of like waiting for your pizza to get ready from Domino's. And it's less like the waiting, like you're waiting in a doctor's room to be called into the doctor. Like, you know, when you're waiting for those things, you kind of just doing nothing. Like you're just passing time really until your name gets called. No, no, the waiting season of the in-between is more like, the season of waiting during pregnancy. Because you know that at a time that you cannot plan, you are going to give birth to something. And when it comes, you had better be ready for it or we're all in trouble. Like you have got to spend some time preparing for this thing that you are about to birth. 
You have got to spend some time uh, getting all the things that you need, the many, 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 many things that you need. You have got to spend the time reading the books and listening to all the things that your people, that nice people give you to read and look at. And then you have to spend some time getting a room ready and you have to prepare and pack a bag and you have to get all the people, the right people around you and you have to get the phone numbers for all the people that you have to keep. And nowadays, you have to get the post ready, the Instagram post ready for when it is time to announce this thing coming. And so if you, you have to get the right rest and build the right strength for that season of growth that you know is coming because if you don't, you will be in all sorts of trouble, all sorts of pain and all sorts of mess. So can I ask you the same thing? I had to ask myself, if it all came to you now, would you be ready? Would you know what to say? Would you know what to do? Would you have strength enough to carry the extra weight that it brings? Would you have resilience enough to keep going when it got hard? See, the throne is a nice idea, isn't it? Oh, it's a nice idea. But what we need to remember is that as soon as a person sits on a throne, people start coming to them. They come to them for advice. They come to them for wisdom. They come to them for direction. They come to them for decisions to be made. They come to them for accountability. And we have to be prepared and know that we've got the strength to carry the weight of the responsibility and the authority. We mustn't stagnate in the in-between. We must use it as an opportunity to grow. The third and final thing we need to know about the in-between is that we need to know that the cost is worth it. The cost is worth it. For Jesus, the throne cost him everything. Like everything. The kingdom cost him everything. The price was high. And we talk a lot about the harvest. Oh, we all want the harvest. The harvest sounds like a wonderful season, doesn't it? Because we get to taste and touch and smell and feel the fruits of the, the, the months of waiting for them to come. Oh, the harvest. We all want the harvest. But do you know what we forget about the harvest? And a farmer will tell you this. The harvest is the most labor-intensive season of them all. At the end of a harvest day, their whole body aches because it's jolly hard work. There is a price to the harvest. And often we will give up in the in-between because it's hard work and it costs us something and it can be painful and it can hurt and it can cause some aching to happen. But David said it like this. He said, I will not bring God a sacrifice if it costs me nothing. Know that the cost is worth it. We have a number of friends who've done the whole buying houses, do them up thing, like renovation stuff. And you know, it's so easy. And I, I often look at the people surrounding them and I think it's so easy for us to look at someone in their nicely renovated house and think, oh, it's, you know, aren't they lucky? So nice for them. What we don't see though is the 11 p.m. at night digging holes in the backyard to get ready for the decking to come. And what we don't see is the months and months of living with holes in the wall and no kitchen to cook in. Oh, it looks nice from the outside, doesn't it? But what anyone will tell you who's ever achieved anything is that it looks easy, the majesty looks easy, it looks comfortable, it comes with all the perks. But we forget that in the in-between, 
there's hard work. And you ask anyone who's ever achieved anything and they will tell you that at one point or another, they pretty much lost everything and had to start again. That it hurt, that it was painful, that there was a number of things along the way that in more times than they can count, they wanted to quit. Yes, there's pain along the way, but can I encourage you, church, that with every step of pain along the way, it's part of your story. It's making up who you are. And with every mess that you have along the way, it's carrying you to the majesty of what God is calling you to be at the end of it all. We've got to know that the cost is worth it. You know, I went through a season not so long ago where I was feeling a little bit disillusioned with God. And uh, it was about, oh, must be eight years ago now. Gee, time goes quickly. We moved up north. We got um, asked to go and, and pastor up north. And so at that time, or after we'd been there for a little while, we, we really felt like God was telling us to sell our house in Auckland and really commit to what God was doing in Whangarei. And so we did. And so we, saw, we, we, bought, we had bought our house at what at the time was the height of the season. And, and then we sold it at what we now know was the bottom of the season, and, and then only to be called back like two years later into the like ridiculously explosive Auckland market. And I'm sitting there going, uh, God, what were you thinking? Why did you make us do that? Did you not read the Auckland housing market forecast? You would have had that thing years in advance. Like, what were you thinking? Did we hear right? Did we hear wrong? Did we make the wrong decision? Did we really, was it really God? Was it, what? You know, you feel really disillusioned. Like, what on earth is going on? Then I heard God say to me, you're simply in the middle of your miracle. It's just the middle of it. He said, don't give up before I've brought you through to the end of it. You're in the middle. Church, don't give up in the in-between. Don't give up in the in-between. Don't give up on your way from manger to majesty. Instead, know this, that big things, they start small. And this journey, it allows us to build strength to carry what's coming. So that at the end of it all, we'll be able to testify that the cost was worth it. It was worth it. Let me pray for you, church. Father, I thank you for every person in this room. Lord, and just knowing and acknowledging that they're all in different places on the journey from manger to majesty. But I lift up every single one of them right now, where they're at, wherever they are in the journey, Maybe they feel like they're right back at, at page one with a small beginning, a beginning that looks too small. Maybe they're in the messy stage, the pain stage, the hard work stage. Lord, I just believe there are so many people here right now feeling exhausted and tired. God, would you just put a faith in them, encourage them, Lord? not to give up, not to quit in the in-between, 
Because God, you've got a plan and a purpose for every single one of us. No one is walking willy-nilly in life. God, you've got the best plan. And every single one of us, you are moving toward a majesty moment. And Father, I thank you that your plans are good, that your promises are a permanent covenant with us. God, I thank you that your promises will bring life and hope to us. And Father, right now, wherever we are on the journey, Lord, I pray that this morning would be a reminder to them not to give up in the middle of the miracle, but to see it through knowing that you've got something incredibly powerful for them in the end. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome, thank you, Bex, incredible word. Church, we're gonna pray one final prayer uh, here today. So why don't we close our eyes and bow our heads. You know, maybe you found yourself here in this room today and if you were to be honest, you would say that Jesus is not the centre of your life. I wanna start by saying God loves you, He made you, He has an incredible plan for your life and He wants nothing more than to know you personally and intimately. He didn't die so that you could do tasks, He died for you so that He could know you. And I wanna pray a simple prayer in just a moment. I'd love to invite you to join me in that prayer. I love what Bex touched on today in her message, that big things start small. And the bigness of the plan and the love and the relationship that God has for you can start today with a simple but small prayer. It's a prayer of surrender. Saying, God, I don't have it all figured out, but I wanna place my hand in your hand and I wanna begin this journey with you. Maybe this is the first time you're gonna pray this prayer. Maybe you prayed it once before, but to be honest, Jesus is not the center of your life. Well, today is your day and this is your moment. You can pray this prayer if you mean it. I'm gonna pray it out loud. I invite you to pray this prayer in your heart as I do. Say, God, I recognize that I've sinned and that this separated me from you, but I believe that you sent Jesus to the cross. And I believe that He died on that cross, taking the penalty for the sin that I deserved. And He rose again three days later. And so God, I turn from my old way of life. I choose to trust You, even though I don't have all the pieces of the puzzle, it doesn't all make sense, but I know enough to put my trust in You. And I ask that You guide me. I ask that You forgive me of my sin. I ask that You give me a brand new start today. And I thank You, God, that You do. I thank You that Your grace is enough for me today. And so God, I choose to say that You are my God and I am Your child. Would You give me a brand new start today? Jesus' name. With every eye still closed and every head bowed, if you prayed that prayer, if you meant it, I'm gonna ask you to do something nice and brave. I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna make you stand. You don't have to come up to the front. We're not gonna come knocking on your door, but we wanna get alongside you and help you on this journey. And what I'm gonna ask you to do in just a moment is if that was you, you prayed that prayer and you meant it. You said, yeah, Adam, that was me. Count me in. I'm gonna ask you just to pop up your hand. I'm gonna acknowledge it. You can put it straight back down and then I'll pray for you at the end. Just a small step of faith. This is between you and God, saying my heart has been turned back to Him. If that was you, with every eye closed, I want you to lift your hand in three, two, one, right now. Yes, awesome. Is there anyone else at the back there on my right? Thank you so much. Yes, here and here. Thank you. God bless. Is there anyone else? You prayed that prayer. You meant it. You gotta understand that you don't need to get it all sorted before you come to God. He wants to journey that with you. Come as you are. His love, His grace is for you. Is there anybody else here today? You prayed that prayer and you meant it. 
people. Let's pray. God, I thank you for the hands that were raised. I thank you that it's not about the hand, but it's about the transformed life. It's about a heart turned back to you. And I pray, God, that as they begin this brand new exciting journey, that you would bring the right people around them. God, that you would remind them of your love every day, that you would strengthen them for the journey ahead. I pray, God, that this truly would be the start of a life-giving, peace-filled, hope-restored relationship that would have them to be never the same again. We thank you for your love and grace on their lives in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen, amen. Can we thank God and can we congratulate those people that put their hand up? That's great news. We're so proud of you. Listen, maybe you made that decision right now. Uh, We might have one of our team in a blue t-shirt come see you afterwards. If they don't see you, make sure you go and see them. They're wearing bright blue t-shirts that say, count me in. They would love to have a conversation with you. But I want everyone to grab this orange card. It's either on your seat or under your seat or somewhere nearby. This is called a connect card. And this is for every person in this room. Because this is the truth, my friend. God is calling every one of us to consider what our next step might be. If you gave your life to Jesus just then, I want you to fill in your details and tick the box that simply says, I gave my life to Jesus or it was a recommitment for me. In a moment, our offering buckets are gonna go around and you can pop that in there and we can connect with you throughout the week and help you on that journey. Maybe you wanna get baptized. Again, fill in your details, tick the fourth box down. We'd love to connect with you on that. Joining the dream team so that you can serve. Joining a small group so that you can find freedom throughout the week. There's a bunch of ways that you can take your next step and they're all on the card. I couldn't encourage you more. Take this moment right now. Don't wait. Don't delay. If God's speaking to you about a next step, there's pens at the end of the aisles. If you need them, just motion to the people at the end and they can pass you a pen down, but fill this in right now. And as you do, uh, I'm gonna share a